It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Uh, over the weekend, I ended up spending literally the entire weekend doing a marketing development class, you know, from 8 in the morning until 6 at night on Saturday, and then from 8 until 7.30 on Sunday. And one of the things that the reason I was there is for exactly the reason that people who are, have been my clients and who have read my books and been to my seminars, they wanted a system. They wanted what I do all in one place. So that's what I was there to, I was taking a course from a gentleman by the name of Joel Bauer, B-A-U-E-R, and he is an absolute wizard when it comes to creating marketing materials and to giving you the syntax, the nuance, everything that you could go and pay Brendan Bouchard $80,000 for this, and you can get it from him on a weekend for, well, this I happen to have paid for one before, so for me it was free. But what it had me look at was <clears throat> the, my, the course that I'm putting together is going to be based on my five books. How to Be a Great Lover, How to Give Her Absolute Pleasure, The Big O, The Great Lover Playbook, and Hot Mamas. And the title of my system will be The Instant Great Sex and Intimacy Secrets. And it's about having great sex and intimacy in five simple steps, and it's entirely within your reach. So whether you're in the beginning of a relationship, the middle of a relationship, or you're ending a relationship, I have included everything in here, and it's really what, it's what I refer to as what the empowered know that others do not yet. And one of the things I find in this world that when we look at relationships and what's happening in people's world, we often get very skewed representation, particularly if you're looking at Facebook or if you're looking at reality shows. And just as an example... You know, today I, I flipped onto Facebook and saw that this person was talking about, you know, don't go on and, you know, say that you're ending a relationship because what ends up happening is then all of these anonymous people or people just start jumping in and start bashing people. I mean, what in heaven's name and why would it make any difference to you unless you have an urge to be a, an online bully, which 
that's not exactly a grown-up tactic. And what I also looked at is people saying, oh, here's home sweet home, and then a picture of, you know, their feet above a pool with a glass of wine in their hand. Now, (laughs) can I be really candid? That is hardly everyone's idea. And this is two hours ago, okay? So it is now uh, 2 o'clock here in Los Angeles. So that would have been 2 o'clock in Houston, Texas. And I think to myself, why? There's only people only want to be showing and presenting that everything is perfect in their world. And we all know the world has things that we have to deal with, particularly if you're in relationships. So I look at, and then another one was someone who was taking their first helicopter lesson. Well, again, that's not everyone's world. I think it's lovely, yet, I mean, I know the circumstances of the person, and, you know, not many people have that life. Yet, it's being presented as this is just my normal day-to-day, and it may be for them. Yet, when I remember People Magazine, when it was hugely popular, a gentleman who I was doing an entrepreneurial class with, and Brett Costin made the comment, he said, People Magazine is actually people you aren't. So that's also one of the reasons why if you were looking at what is happening and comparing your own relationship to what's happening in celebrity relationships, you're not likely going to be getting the real deal as to what's going on. You're going to be told one thing, you're going to see another thing, the perception's going to be something else. And yet, what the majority of us do want is, and I know this from my books, I know this from my seminars, from speaking with you know, thousands of, of couples and people, that they want people who have gone through the same journey that they've gone through, who have found that things, you know, that they had issues. I spoke to one gentleman this weekend, and his comment was, you know, we've been together, you know, three decades, and dealing with a lack of intimacy in their relationship. Um, It isn't that, you know, I I mean, I couldn't ask, you know, very um, pressing questions because, you know, it was not the time nor place. And secondly, if they need to have a therapy or therapeutic things to deal with, again, that's not me. What I do is I educate, but I am the person that therapists will send someone to, is give people... First off, validation, A, you're not alone, and B, this can be addressed. So if someone is in that scenario, what I would ask, and that's that middle part of relationships, that's the area that, interestingly enough, there's very little support for. If you think about it, when people are getting into a relationship and getting into a form of intimacy, they are often... That is when, you know, there's a lot of support. People are helping them find someone or or what's going on. And then when people are ending, as long as they aren't bashing one another on Facebook, when things are ending, there's more support around for people. And But when people are kind of like in, you know, kind of on the the freeway and they're not taking an exit or they're not, you know, on an entrance ramp, there really isn't a lot where people will say, hey, you know, why don't you consider this? I, I will say that for some people, date night seems to work well. But if someone says date night one more time to me, I'm going to scream because it's like, no, let's just let's just call it what it is. It's called 
making sure you pay attention and pay enough time to your partner and to yourself, okay? So when I look at, oh, and by the way, I think we also know that when it comes to Facebook, your metrics, the metrics, I mean, they follow everything. So even if you have X number of people who are supposed to be being aware of, you know, you've got friends and all that, there's such a small percentage that end up seeing your information. I mean, I see it here. There's occasions all I get is one person's feed, and I'm like, hey, I'm connected to a whole bunch of other people. Why am I not seeing theirs? And, you know, that's another thing. Facebook used to be you could remain connected. Not anymore. And Twitter, I mean, that is like walking into a yelling, screaming auditorium, and you just hope to God you run into the person because all it is is like a thousand little buzzing things running around you. Hardly the way, that's not how our worlds work, and it's not how our relationships work. So, anyways, this weekend, what I had me look at, and I'm going to have to do a whole revamp of my new website, or I'm going to end up having two websites. One specifically for the uh, system that I'm building, and another system, another one for speaking and others. So, you know, interchange the two or, or build two different sites, and I think that may be my option. <clears throat> but when I look at the, you know, what people are wanting, when they go into a relationship, they want to know, how do I choose the right one? And they often feel that, as we would call it, their picker is broken. Well, chances are their picker isn't broken. It's more likely their picker is unrealistic, okay? And when you only want X, Y, or Z, then chances are you're going to be very disappointed because you haven't given yourself the scope of what is possible. I will use the show, which I have to admit this season, I am disappointed in how these couples are interacting with one another. The first season, it was like they were gung-ho to really try and make stuff work. They really did. And only with um, the one couple where, you know, they came out of it and they knew that, you know, hey, we thought this is what we were asking for, but we realized the nuances of what we didn't. But this season, I'm looking at one young woman who has said, she said up front, I usually spend too much time being concerned about what someone looks like. So what's showing up in she's gotten married, gone on a honeymoon, moved in together, and she still will not, only last week, eight weeks in, she goes, you know, of shows, not six weeks of the total time, which they have to make their decision. She says, I'm just not at all attracted to him. Well, lamb chop, let me tell you something. Time to frickin' grow up. Well, at least she's being honest about it, but they could have chosen someone who would have been more open, more honest, and that's what I look at when people are choosing going into a relationship. And then you also, I mean, here's the thing. There's, whether it's Tinder, whether it's online, you don't have the beauty of knowing a lot about people. You don't know their family. You don't know what they were like. Actually, when I was getting married... The person who had known my ex-husband for years said to someone when they said, oh, by the way, you know, Lou Paget's getting married, and who it was, she says, oh, he was not a nice boy growing up. Well, you know what? 
she was right. <laughs> but I didn't know that because I hadn't known him very long. But, you know, it would behoove people, I think, to do a little background research first. So we're coming up to our first break. Then when I come back, I'm going to be talking about beginning, middle, and end of relationship best tips and the things that can come from my new system, Instant Great Sex and Intimacy Secrets. Please stay with me. I'll be right back after this. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Welcome to TogiNet. Cutting Edge Radio. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. As I said at the beginning part of the show, I was in an all-day, all-weekend seminar, and in doing so, it was a revamp of my system that I've been developing, Instant Great Sex and Intimacy Secrets, and it's likely going to now, instead of being on DVDs, it's likely going to end up being on a um, uh, drive, on a, um, oh, why am I drawing a blank, sitting right here in front of me, um, little doodads one plugs in, but it may have to be DVDs because there's going to be so much information. But the real thing that I looked at is that even when you're in, as I said before the break, whether you're going into a relationship, in the middle of a relationship, or the end of a relationship, there's certain things that I know that really help people when, whether it's behaviors or attitudes, but mainly attitudes that help them wade through who they're going to choose, why they've chosen and how they're going to stay, and if things are not working, why it's going to end. And, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, people don't stay married as long now. Uh, Yeah, they do, because they live a lot longer. The turn of the century at the early 1900s, 
people didn't remain married as long. First off, they died more, you know, there was more death, so women were widowed or women died in childbirth. Then a man would typically marry again very quickly if he had children because he needed someone to look after the kids. I think that's where that whole thing of, you know, the nasty stepmother came along because then she, you know, kind of like let me make sure that if I have my own children, they end up, you know, getting to rise to the top and, you know, the other kids are kind of like Mm-mm, off to the side. But what we also had is that people got deserted. Uh, no one could track them down. There was no chipping of individuals or no cell phones or no way to track them. And so marriages did not last as long. They really didn't. And the thing that we have to be aware of is every relationship goes through cycles. And I've spoken before on when it comes to the sexuality of things and the sexual connection, and that having, you know, sexual health being my focus and techniques and ideas, one of the things that so rung a bell for me was hearing from my uh, friend Maya Nitha uh, Nashananda. Her uh, yogi, her, her master, who has said that it's only like seven years in the beginning of a relationship that sexuality is to be there. Now, not necessarily just to, to procreate, but to create connection. And then there's a change and a shift. And then people, as they're going through a more spiritual involvement, they are not being sexual. And I see that in middle relationships a lot more. That, And it isn't that people don't enjoy being with one another. It isn't that they aren't intimate. They are intimate yet they may not be sexual. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine who he and his partner have been together 26 years, and his comment was, we haven't had sex in years. And he said, but, and I said, yet you also speak of your profound intimacy. And he said, absolutely. So, the act of sex is not the only thing that is the glue that keeps relationships together. But we do hear consistently that that is. And when I go on and I look at, I was looking at, if you want to look at a really accurate website for news, go to dailymail.co.uk. And that's dailymail.co, not .com, .co.uk. That is a British news feed, and they have some of the quickest and most accurate news feeds. But what I look at is the relationships. I will see someone who, you know, what's happening over here. This person is um, together with that person, or this is happening. And one of the things I think people have to be aware of is when you're in the public eye and when you're a celebrity, your relationship is, you are, you are like, you know, it's like taking shots at fish in a barrel if you are being open about what's happening in your relationship. That's tough, and it's really tough if you're going through what people do in relationships. So when I look at the beginning of a relationship, one of the number one behaviors that an attitude, and actually this goes for beginning, middle, and end, is an openness. How open are you to new things, new opportunities, new ideas, something that would be not necessarily, you know, we want to have a comfort zone, but 
I remember uh, men saying about women, if she's built like a snake, forget it. Thin lips, thin hips, no way. And I remember thinking, well, isn't that a bit much? And they said, well, really, you know, if you look at how someone maintains their body, you're going to get an idea of what they're like with their best rest of their lives. And I was like, okay, you're right, okay, I get it. And if you look at someone, you talk about openness, let's say you go and you want to be in a relationship, you meet someone and they're dressed the way that they were 15 years ago, and they're not changing anything. Well, that's likely someone who doesn't really embrace change. And that being the case, um, and that's why if you go for, uh, you know, if you're out with someone, whether it is someone in a business relationship or personally, and they're ordering food, you can tell a lot about what someone is like by how they nourish themselves. And, you know, if they're like the dog over the bowl, scarfing it down, where's scarcity in their lives? If they are someone who will only eat X, Y, Z, that, and particularly if it's, you know, going out to eat meals, that is someone who is not taking care of themselves on a day-to-day basis because majority of us are aware the food, you are what you eat, period. You really are. And whether you think that, you know, so if it isn't an organic, clean food, your body is not going to be able to function as well. Your sexuality won't function as well. Your ability to relate won't function as well. And if your body doesn't feel good, the rest of you is not likely going to feel good. So the openness is one thing. Another thing is honesty. And that goes in all categories. The third, that, and I would say this specifically for the beginning and more likely the ending as well, is having a healthy skepticism. Now, you can always say, you know, I'm just wanting to make sure. Because you can be told many things by people. And as we all know, uh, there are times when people will make representations that simply are not the case. Um, Whether that's, you know, the catfishing, whether that is someone who will tell you they live here. You know, it takes an amount of time to find out what someone is all about. You can pay attention to their friends. You can get messages from many places. Yet, you may not find out anything until you're in the middle of a marriage. I have had people who, you know, the, the openness and the honesty absolutely applies when you're in the middle of a relationship, when you're creating a relationship, whether it's a marriage or long-term relationship. If you have children, that's another dynamic. Your whole world changes at that point. Yet, you have to have the respect and you have to be really clear about why you are there and why you are staying there. Now, let's go back to when people are in relationships and they're saying, um, well, we're here because we want to have a family. Okay, you have a family. Is that the only reason you're staying together? Or is it because you see a future building family and you see a future as parents? Those are different things. Because many times, if the only reason you're together is to secure something by having a family, when that family grows up and is out the door, 
you're going to be staring at one another going, why are we here? And I know a number of couples where that is the case. And I, you've heard me say this before, but my question to them is, what message are you giving your children that this is, it's okay to not live your life? It's okay to give up everything? No. You want to give your children as many lessons and as many messages about how to live their life in a powerful and feeling like they have their self-esteem and their own choice way. And when it comes to the area of sexuality, that then means you have to let them know whatever their sexual choices are. You understand? That's their choice. The number of times that I have watched parents who are unpleasant to one another, that can't help but download into a child while, you know, as they are growing up. So you have to have a resolution. In the middle of a relationship, you have to have the respect and you have to have the resolve and the reason for why you're there. And it may mean having to revisit on more than one occasion, because often that may be the case. Hey, just about everyone has the feeling of, oh, my God, you know, you know, why did I ever do this? Yeah, okay. Yet, if you also can see that there's more benefit for you than not benefit for you, hey, make your life a spreadsheet if you need to. But what you really need to look at is, is this good for me? First off, start at the top. Do not have yourself be a doormat. Many women do that, and it's like, no, 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 no. Have your voice, and then make a decision about what you'd like to do. Do not say, and Joel Bauer has this expression. He got trained by Mary Kay. Any of you know who Mary Kay Cosmetics are? And Mary Kay had this expression, a man is not a plan, meaning do not plan your life around marrying a man. And that was a message from the 50s and 60s that got blown into tomorrow in the 70s and 80s. But it is still something that I, you know, I spoke about last week where a friend of mine said her, uh, a colleague of hers, uh, her two stepsons in their mid to late 20s, the only reason they were getting married is because their girlfriends got pregnant. And she said, I thought that, you know, left years ago. But I remember Rosalinda telling me, Mm-mm, who was a therapist, you want to get married, get pregnant. She said, still, in this day and age, that's what happens. Now, we're coming up to our second break here. I want you to have clarity of vision. That is going to be my new website, clarity of vision about sex, clarity, and the, the success secrets in sex. And then what we're also going to talk about is more of the behaviors and attitudes in beginning middle, and end of relationships. They're going to stand you in good stead and have you be able to support yourself, your family, and your future. Be back after these messages. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. To start rocking that woohoo that only you do, because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She's a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. You may have read in the New York Daily News about the Scottish man Thomas McCormack who put his collie Labrador cross Patty in the fence backyard before leaving for work. He had just boarded the train into town when all of a sudden Patty jumped into the seat next to him. Mr. McCormack wondered how his dog was able to escape the six-foot-high fence. According to his neighbors, they saw Patty jumping up and down on his new trampoline until he got high enough to make it over the fence. Since Patty isn't much of a barker, otherwise known as elatration, Mr. McCormick never realized he was following him to the train station. I'd like to extend a bark of recognition to all the military dogs who are recognized as American heroes serving in operations with U.S. soldiers around the world. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I just read something on Facebook, which I think is absolutely hysterical. And this person I, I goes by, I think, Rose Tyler, and says, If a guy ever insists that you have sex without a condom, just smile really big and get teary-eyed and emotional and start talking about how excited you are that he wants to have a baby with you. And then when he tries to interject and say that's not what he meant, just talk loudly over him about possible baby names and just keep going on. Isn't that hysterical? <laughs> I think that is, like, fabulous. Ah, what a sense of humor. And, you know, how many times have we heard... Some guys say, oh, well, you know, and yeah, I just think it's a great line. Share with everyone, okay? <laughs> um, to me, you know, the important thing is, you know, in a situation like this, you know, it could backfire massively. Well, needless to say, I would doubt that he would be able to keep his erection after she started doing that. <laughs> like, he would be like this, oh, this is not going well. This is going south in a hot hurry. 
and, <laughs> and with good reason. But one of the reasons why men will not use condoms or condoms interfere is because they require such a firm, continuous form of stimulation. And when you go to put a condom on, first off, that, that there's a drop-off of sensation, but also the condom also impedes the sensation. So they, and two, you know, one of the things that, one of the worst things that can happen to, you know, a man during, you know, any sexual encounter is when he loses his erection. And so that's often why men will not want to use a condom. Drop off a sensation and, you know, they, you know, can't maintain their erection. Now, there are other men. I have another friend who he simply could not have sex if he did not have a condom on. He literally, this was, just was not possible. And he was a really good-looking guy here in the studio system, Los Angeles, where if you're a good-looking guy in the studio system in Los Angeles, it, you know, you kind of have, you can pick and choose what you want. <clears throat> now, to go back to the beginning, middle, and end relationship steps, many times, if we're in the middle and the end of relationships, there are behaviors that will tell you, but many people will not pull the plug until there is an action or something by the other partner or something else comes into their life. And do shoes, there is a little construction going on here, so we may hear little rat-a-tatas of, you know, um, you know machines. Uh, so when I ask men particularly when they knew it was over, they usually have an absolute moment, time, and space. And often the same thing for women is they will say when they made that statement or when they made that choice. And it, it, it also invariably meant the other person was not being listened to and not being respected. Now, I will tell you that in the middle of the relationship, invariably if there's children, Many people will stay in a relationship because they will, they want to absolutely be there for their children. And I, is it Chris Rock who says this? Someone, you know, someone says, well, you know, he says about these guys who talk about, well, yeah, you know, I'm there for my children. He's like, you're supposed to be there for your kids. It's like, hello, have a coffee? Of course. And what I look at is, there are many messages that children get given in the middle and the end of relationships that do not prepare them for good relationships themselves. So I, one of the women who was at this event, <clears throat> things ended. She, with her, with her husband, father of her son, and yet even though that was rather calamitous and it was not, it did not end. Easily, and I, you know, people say, well, it ended badly. Well, it's usually why things end, because things are going badly. But what she did is looked at, I want a future with my son, with this man, who is his father. I am no longer married to him, but I do want my son to know his father. He apparently is a good father, but he's not a good husband. And, but what I also realized when I was going through, because when I married, I had stepchildren, so I was at the beginning as well as the combination of the end of a relationship. And one of the best things I learned how to do was keep my lips buttoned, absolutely. And 
because it is not about me making statements or comments. I can be an observer, but the dynamic of the relationship with the children, that wasn't, it's not for me to make statements about it. I can have a thought, but stay out of the judgment of it. So when I, you know, for this woman, she has not gone back into a relationship, but I know that if she should, she will be very clear about what are the parameters of of who a partner would need to be. Now, if you are only staying at the end of a relationship, locked in on being angry and pissed off, well, you might as well put nail a you know, put a nail through the middle of your foot and walk in a circle because that's basically what you're doing. You are not moving forward. And as tough as some things may be, chances are you will find that there are things that even though it ended, <clears throat> it was like, wow, if that hadn't ended in such a, you know, you know, blow everything's out of the water way, maybe you would have stayed. And then maybe you wouldn't have done that. I mean, I know that for me. If I had stayed in my marriage, I never would have moved to Los Angeles, never would have started my seminars, never would have written five books, never would have done the traveling that I did. Never, And I wanted to have a life that was big. And I'm like going back into, okay, where in life can I take big chunks out of it, live it, and make a contribution? Because when you're in relationship, beginning, middle, or end, you really do have the feeling of, you want to be acknowledged, and you want to make contribution, right? I mean, it's, it's not really rocket science, but you also want to be acknowledged. And in, my, you know, in the system that I'm doing, the Instant Great Sex and Intimacy Secrets, the five you know, simple steps, one of them is you have to educate yourself. Educate yourself about you about your partner, and as I talked about before, when you're going into something or even when you're in the middle of it, you may discover things about your partner and you're like, wow, I did not know that. I had a friend of mine who did not realize that her husband had lied about his age and that he was actually eight years older. Yeah, I think it was eight or 11 years older than he told her that he was before they got married, and she only found out when she went to go get their passports renewed. Well, needless to say, that was the first nail in the coffin. And at which point it was kind of like, well, what else didn't they tell me the truth about? So the educating yourself is, that's something that you can do in a very simple, easy way. So, you know, there's the acknowledgement of what you want to do, right? You have to acknowledge why you want to be in a relationship, or what it is you like. And I will tell you that with relationships and sexuality, this is one of the toughest conversations for people to have. They often don't want to say something because they might hurt their partner's feelings. Well, who's getting hurt more, you or your partner? Now, how are you going to activate what you're doing? Okay? So if you're in the middle of a relationship or you want to maintain your relationship, you don't want your life to change, you want to maintain a stability, what can you activate that, whether it is a new attitude, activate, you know what, we want to spend more time together. 
I want to do this. Something that is tangible, something that you actually do so that your partner has the feeling of, oh, they really are there. Making one another laugh, that is something that for many people, that and particularly for men, that if he knows that he can make her laugh, that is something that he's like, wow, I, I, you know, she gets me or I get her in a way that if you can't make someone laugh, mm, they're kind of like they're just sort of drifting along. And that was a friend of mine, and he said, you know, she's never enjoyed my sense of humor. And yet when they got married, the most important thing for him is that she adored him. Well, that shifted and changed, and now they're going through the end of a long marriage that, as you know, the comment was, it should have ended a long time ago. Even as even as you know, the daughters have said the same thing. So, you know, some of those five simple, easy steps is acknowledge what it is you want, and you know, you may not know yet, or may not have a clear vision of it, but you can educate yourself about it. And activate what you're doing so that can empower you. It can make you be aware of what are and who are the people I'd like to use as my relationship mentors. Again, if you're going to be looking at people who are in the public eye, that may not be your best example. No, 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 no. Um, I I would suggest... To the contrary, and if you want to be in a good relationship and have good intimacy and have a good sex life, hang out with people who have that, whether you call it law of attraction or birds of a feather. I am telling you from a very practical standpoint, that's one of the best things you can do because that is what you're around is what energetically will go into you and come off of you. And I tell women, if you want to get divorced, hang out with divorced women. Hmm, chances are that's going to show up for you. There'll be dis, you know, you'll become, oh, I, I'm not satisfied. There'll be dissatisfaction, something, but it won't be supportive for you. So when we come back, I'm going to continue with beginning, middle, and end of relationships and the five simple steps to create the great intimacy and sex you want. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. This is Toginet, cutting-edge radio. A 1913 silent film about Abraham Lincoln, starring Francis Ford, was found in a barn in New Hampshire. A man was cleaning out the barn destined for demolition when he found the film and a projector in the corner of the attic. The film was very well preserved, unlikely because it endured decades of New England winters in the barn. Apparently, there used to be a boys' camp in the area, and silent films were a popular form of entertainment for the kids. 
The first public projection of a silent movie was in Paris in 1895. A live piano player added music to give necessary emotional cues. It must have been really irritating to have a person near you talking aloud during a silent movie. What's a word for a person who talks during a movie? A milver. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So um, before the break, I was talking about the five steps that I, I know are guaranteed to give you the sex life, the passion, the intimacy, whichever, you know, fill in the, fill in the blank there, that you've always wanted. And for many people, you can have sex, but you have no connection. You can have, hello, Tinder. You can have, you know, a... Uh, you know, an orgasm, but you don't have any intimacy. And, you know, there's a reason why more people are interested in doing themselves than having someone do them. First off, the other person doesn't know how to do it as well as they do. And they also have a, you know, energetically, when you are exchanging your, when your body is up against someone else's body, you are energetically exchanging with them. And don't let people tell you otherwise. You are. So that means, that's also why for some couples and some people, even though the women say, oh my God, the last thing I want to do is have anything more to do with that guy, but they have downloaded his energy into their actual body. It is in their body. So it would, and and when I ask people, I say, look, be aware that you are an energetic being and you attract things and some things stay attached to you. So that may be also, that is also, why for some couples they can't stay away from one another even though a good part of what their relationship like is freaking toxic, right? So just be aware that you, you know, you also, as we talked about, uh, you know, at the previous sec- segment, Acknowledge what it is you want. Do you want intimacy? Do you want sex? Do you want passion? Here's the other thing. Expecting one person to be able to deliver all of those things for you is a bit rough. And so it may preclude that your partner can deliver X and Y, and you know that. So go for the things that you know that they may adore you, and yet they may not, you know, do something else that you think, oh, well, I need to have that. Well, if you really need it, then find somewhere that you can have a, uh, a middle ground. The uh, couple that I was talking about earlier in the show had been together for decades, and I would need to ask them, is there, and I always have talked to couples separately. So if it's in the beginning, the middle, or the end of a relationship, I talk to couples separately. And the reason is because even though people want to tell the truth, they will not tell the truth in front of their partner typically. 
they don't want to hurt their feelings, which is why couples therapy is often such a disaster because the people will not say what they're really thinking. So I will ask separately, what is the dynamic that what would you really want? What will make you feel totally connected in your relationship? And often I get a completely different answer from the one partner from the other partner. And it doesn't matter if you're straight, gay, in between, or whatever. Many times people will not say exactly what they're looking for. And so what I ask people to do is, listen, if you know you would like to be in a relationship and you want to achieve that, so you want to acknowledge what you want, a relationship, you want to activate something, so what are your behaviors, what are you doing, how are you talking to people, who are you being around? Listen, someone's not going to arrive with, you know, Szechuan Chinese food for you, and, you know, that's going to be the person you're going to go like this, whoa, there they are. No, you have to be, it's, it's a proactive thing. Now, best place, often people will find it is some group that you go to on a regular basis, whether it's a church, whether it is working out, whether it is a gym, whether it is, uh, someone who is at, you know, uh, an AA program, whatever it may be, a place where you have people who are of like mind. What they do tell you in AA actually is do not get into a new relationship when you're getting sober. I believe that's what they do. But a lot of the things in AA end up becoming, for many people, a a real social thing. And yes, it is part of their recovery and, and, you know, whatever term they're going to use for it. Yet it isn't the only way that people, and actually, you know, the, the 12-step programs, the actual success rate of them isn't necessarily all that high, okay? So many people, you know, they, they know they, they acknowledge they want a relationship. Let's go back there. They know they want, they're activating something. What are they doing to do it? How are they going to achieve it? And are they clear, what do they aspire that that relationship or, or that is going to look like? Is that, and here's the thing, you know, it could be how you want to feel. It could be what you want to do. But it also is, it, it, the real thing that will make things work is when your heart feels that it's, your heart is not yearning for something. Your heart feels satisfied. And I'll tell you, when you're making choices on something, and I got told this by uh, an individual, uh, I think it was Kevin Trudeau, and he said, when you're making a choice about something, if you are, when you feel the thought, if you feel the thought from the neck up, that's your ego. Do not trust it. It is not your friend. If, when you feel it, you feel it in your heart, you actually have, you know, two very powerful brains, well, three really, your head, your heart, and then your gut. And your heart is neurons that, you know, when they talk about someone being heartbroken, they're not joking. But your heart will give you the best, clearest answer. So, I mean, one of the things I ask people when they're going into a relationship or when they're in the middle of a relationship, and sometimes when it's ending, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you look at this person, you know, assuming that the people are sleeping together, does it make your heart smile? Or do you go, they're a really nice person. 
but I don't really belong here. Okay? So you have to know what it is that works for you. And this works for for women and for men. Okay? And it was a woman who this idea first came from because she was like, this is a really great guy. He went on to, you know, do all kinds of things, yet it was not who she could see herself waking up next to for the next X number of years. Just couldn't do it. So if you know what you want to achieve and you aspire to it, great. Now, then let's say you're in the middle of a relationship and the end of a relationship. How do you alleviate or how do you get out of situations that aren't working? Because many times people will just pull the plug on a relationship rather than keep working at it. And then what they also do is they keep repeating the same thing. They'll have the same behavior, the same, oh, they didn't make enough money or they were like this or they did. And oftentimes, passive-aggressive behavior will lead to a result that doesn't serve anyone. So if you have yourself or you know someone who's done that, stop it. Know that you and you alone are, if you keep seeing the same pattern, it might be time to look in the mirror. It might be time for you to say, you know what, Um, time for me to do a little bit of grown-up, you know, personal reflection. Now, I think all of us have had to do that. I mean, I have. I did, you know, I've done it on more than one occasion. And the thing that when you're honest with yourself, you really do. It it gives yourself such a sense of ease. So, you know, for this, you know, the woman in Married at First Sight, you know, the third season, I think it was last week she finally said, I just am not the least bit attracted to him. And that gave her permission to actually say that. I mean, she didn't want to, but that's how she'd been feeling all along. And then it could be addressed. Now, did it hurt his feelings? Uh, Yeah, well, who wouldn't have their feelings hurt if someone says, you know, I don't find you the least bit attractive? Ouch. Um, Jamie and Doug were able to weather that through the first uh, married at first sight. Yet Doug is a, you know, was a highly confident guy. So, again, if you're looking at, is the issue that you're bored with your life? Well, no one can bore you except you, right? No one can make you unhappy except you. And if you want to change something in your life, if you want something to change, then it's time to put some shoes on and make the changes yourself. I'm making some really big changes in my own life. And uh, is it comfortable? No, not necessarily. However, it is necessary. It's absolutely necessary. Things cannot continue the way they are. And this is, you know, whether it's from a business standpoint, from a, you know, it's not in the personal area, but it's also what am I looking at as far as opportunities? So, you know, I keep myself open. I am respectful that I am going to make right choices. If I do make a bad choice, which, hello, welcome to being human, we all do. So this weekend when I went to this course, 
I realized that the stuff that I've been doing on a new website that I've been working on for four months, I'm going to have to, as I said, look at creating a whole other website for this Instant Great Sex and Intimacy Secrets separate from the speaking and the, um, you know, doing things with my uh, presentations and seminars. And I thought I was almost done. And then I realized I'm almost done, but I'm now I'm looking at going up another mountain. You know how you plateau and then you go, oh, wow, here's another mountain. That's what happened to me this weekend. And, you know, came back and we're talking about it and I was like, wow. And, you know, it was kind of like, why didn't someone say this to me? And yet I wasn't ready to hear it. And, again, I met a woman at this thing and she said, you know, I didn't do it until, you know, I've done this for, you know, and it was three years ago I should have done this. I said, you know what, three years ago you aren't who you are now. And you weren't ready three years ago. So whether you're in the beginning of a relationship, middle, or the end of a relationship, acknowledge where you are. Know that you can change something. Know that you can adjust things. And then trust that little voice. Trust your heart. It can't lie to you. So if you want to end something, know that if you feel you have to do it, chances are you're right. But don't do it because someone else said you had to do it. Do it because you know it's the right thing for you, for the other person, for whatever. Get the clarity and be kind to yourself. So this is Lou Pageant. I'm signing off here. Take care of yourself. Look at yourself in a real way. And questions, reach me at office at loupaget.com. Have a great week. Take care. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 